Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. And welcome back to part two, everybody, of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I'm your host, as always, Tony Defio. And I thank you for, for sticking around if you're, if, you're, if you're watching live. And I thank you for downloading part two if you're, if you're doing that. So, And here's a, a comment about the Chase Claypool incident that I... Closed out the first half of the show with it's from Mule Skinner and said, It better be a learning experience for he calls him Poole. I guess it's sure for Claypool. I'm really smart. Or his career could slide into oblivion. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously he better learn from that. I mean, you, you you're not like a normal 22 year old anymore. Uh you know, and, and it's really hard for these guys to make any kind of mistakes without people wanting them, you know, anything anybody does now is like there's always somebody out there. It could be it could be a a, a, a a silly tweet like, oh, they need to get rid of him. You know, so everything is under is under so much scrutiny now that, yeah, it better be a learning experience and it better not be a pattern, um, you know, or they're going to move on from him. You know, I don't think they, they don't want to move on from him because he's a, he's a he's, you know, a really talented player and, and seemingly a great person. But it just makes you wonder when you when you combine all these things together, is this going to continue to to evolve. And I certainly hope not because I'm a Steeler fan and <laughs> he's a great player. And I want my Steelers players to be good dudes and great players because it's, well, it's just easier. It's just, it's just easier with as, as outraged as everybody gets now with everything. It's just easier for, for them to be 53 choir boys. I know it's not, it's not realistic, but it's much easier that way because that it gives people one less thing to complain about. So Here's one from Moneybags, and and he's, I guess, defending Claypool. He says, kicking somebody while they're down is not weak. It's a fight. Not like he was unconscious and he kicked a man. 
Uh, I disagree. He's a he's a professional football player now, so it, it, it it's just stupid. It's just stupid, stupid thing to do, uh, especially because he is who he is, and people are gonna. He could have just been standing there, totally not involved. Just it was it could have been just his buddies all fighting, and he still would have people still would have criticized him. Why are you putting yourself in that situation? So for him to do that, it, it just made it even worse, in my opinion. All right. And next up, I'm going to talk about free agency. It's still actually whatever wave this is, second, third, fourth, fifth. I don't know. We've had a lot of wind here in Pittsburgh. So we could it could have blown us into the seventh wave for all I know. That's how windy it was today. People lost power. My Chevy Cruze was was blown all over the highway. So it was, you know, we could be in the seventh wave. But either way, there's still some free agents out there, and the Steelers still have some some needs. And uh as Brian and I talked about on, on, on Monday's show on the hangover, you know, a- after that first or second wave of free agency, you know, there's, there's still any number of, of areas they could, they could go in, with their first round pick. So if, if that's the case, then there are also a lot of different areas they can go with them. You know, maybe they have one more signing in them, one more major sign. When I say major, I don't mean like $8 million a year. Cause I think, cause they do have 8.7 left under the cap. But you know, a percentage of that's going to go to designing their their draft class. So you have to you have to account for that. But you know, they can they can still be creative and 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 work their magic like they like they 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 often do, and they can still have enough uh, room to to at least bring one more starter in, even even if it's just for twenty twenty one at one at, at a position of of perceived need. And I was looking at some of these. Uh, free agents that were still out there uh i was looking i think it was over the over the top or spot i think when that was spot rack that that i found this so i always get those two sites mixed up but you know i was looking at centers and you know the big name out there still as of you know before the show started it, he might have signed is uh austin reader he was the uh the chief center they i don't know if they cut him or they just if he was a free agent i, I didn't look that deeply into him but i just looked at a, lo- a few articles and Apparently, you know, he's 29 and, and, and he seems like the kind of guy that would be a good pickup, but he also seems like the kind of guy that would be a, a bit too expensive. And, and, and there seem to be a few teams that, that are, would, would make a great fits for him. And from what I read, the Steelers aren't one of them. So he's probably, uh, he's probably a bit too expensive. And a lot of the other names I looked at, they didn't jump out at me. A lot of them were older in their 30s. Which you know seemed like you know an older version of BJ Finney, so you know maybe uh, maybe that's where you have to go in the draft when it comes to to, to your center for twenty twenty one. And you know I, I know it's crazy to say the first round to pick a center like a Cree Humphrey, but I was doing these. Uh, I found this site, uh, the PFN Draft Simulator, and I kept. I kept, uh, I did like 12 of them and Cree Humphrey was picked at the end of the first round and just about every single one. I didn't pick him. Don't, don't, don't get mad at me. I didn't pick him. I picked a lot of different people, but not Cree Humphrey, but he kept winding up as a end of the first round pick. So if teams are picking him at the end of the first round, why wouldn't the Steelers, uh, why couldn't they pick him at, at 24? Right. So I, I realize he has some knee problems and he might miss the first half of the year or first few games or something. So that's probably, you know, gonna that would make a lot of people mad if that happened. But I guess my point is, 
center might not be off the table for the first round. A lot of people think it is. They, you know, like, oh, you, you could never pick a center in the first round. Well, it happens just about every year. And Marquise Pouncey was a first round pick. So, you know, it's not out of the question. And then I, I hopped over the cornerback. You know, you like my consistency, my continuity. I, I hopped over the cornerback and I was looking at some guys. Uh, Richard Sherman's still out there, but he's 33. And from what I read, you know, he's still looking to make some pretty uh, good money. So I doubt that they'd want to pay him that kind of money. Uh, if they wanted to pay Richard Sherman, they would have kept Steven Nelson. So I don't think he's a, a uh, possibility. Um, AJ Bowie. You know, he was he was Batman to Jalen Ram or he was robbing the Jalen Ramsey's Batman a few years ago when they made life miserable for the Steelers in 2017. Uh, he's 30 years old, but he's also it looks like from what I read, there's some teams that are interested in him. He, he seems like he'd be a little bit too expensive. But then there's Quentin Dunbar, who's 28. He's not really uh, he's really hasn't been a full time starter. He's bounced around, but he seems like he'd be a pretty good maybe a guy you can just bring in and, and his insurance, you know, um, he looks like he's somebody who could be had for the right price and inexpensive. Um, that's somebody I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be opposed to that if they brought him in. I think, you know, uh, maybe he doesn't, maybe Lane or Pierre or whoever they draft beats him out as the number two corner. But if not, then he's a pretty good guy to have as your number two, I think. So that's Those are cornerbacks. I was looking at defensive uh, linemen, you know, after the the departure of Alu Alu, and the only one that really jumped out at me was Geno Atkins, who I'm not even sure fits into their scheme. Uh, he's a, a three technique tackle, and I guess it's more of a four three kind of alignment. Although, like as I said earlier in the show, there are so many so many sub packages. I don't even know what a base defense is anymore. And you know, he was hurt last year. But it seems to me like like yeah, he could still be a really dominant player. And if he is healthy, he's probably going to be too expensive. And if you can sign Geno Atkins, you probably could have kept Tyson Alulu. So he's probably that's probably somebody uh, not worth mentioning. The inside linebacker, yeah, you know, I really do think they're gonna they're gonna try to give Spillane if they don't draft you know, Zayvon Collins, who by the way, doing those uh, those simulated drafts, he was always available. I don't think I ever saw him once. Yeah, the, the kid out of Tulsa, Zaylen Collins. I don't think I ever saw him once pick before Pittsburgh's turn on 24. <clears throat> so uh, uh, that's a possibility inside linebacker. But aside from that, if they don't go that route in the first round, I think they're gonna they're gonna give Buds, uh, 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 Robert Spillane every every chance to 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 be the st starter uh, alongside Devin Bush. But I wouldn't be opposed to them re-signing uh, uh, Avery Williamson. Now that he's made it through two weeks of free agency, I think they could get him at a cheap deal. That, that'd be like a, a nice insurance policy. Somebody who's a, who's, who's a uh, uh, consummate professional. He's a good locker room guy. He's a good leader. You know, you know, he's somebody. I think you know, you know, if, if one of one of your starters goes down, he, he can step right in and, and be a. Uh, a solid player for you for your defense. So I wouldn't be, wouldn't be opposed to them re-signing Avery Williamson, even for just one more year. So those are my thoughts on free agency. And since we're about 33 minutes into today's show, 
I will open things up to some questions since I, I think I always feel like I get to those two a little bit too late in the show, but I covered everything I wanted to say today. So now the floor is yours people. And here's one from Ezra, a comment. And I already got, I screwed it up. Here we are. He said, I wish I was a Twitter person. I would ask Pouncey to come back. <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, he is a, he was a special player for them. I mean, people, I know he always had, he always received low grades from PFF and a lot of people thought he was overrated during the course of his career. But when all is said and done at the very least, he's going to be a borderline hall of famer. So that's, that's saying something, whether he makes it or not. I don't know. I mean, Heinz Ward is a borderline hall of famer. A lot of people mock that kind of stuff, but if you're a borderline hall of famer, that means you had a pretty darn good uh, NFL career. So yeah, he will be missed. And if they can find Anybody that approaches his, his abilities in the draft, whether it's first, second, third round, free agency, sign me up. I'll, I'll, I'm on board. And here's one from Steelers Freak. Welcome, by the way. And he says, TJ will get, meaning TJ Watt, their, their famed outside linebacker. He will get the bank plus a Rooney granddaughter for sign-up bonus. Well, I think he has a, I think he has a, uh, he has a, uh, a, a, a girlfriend. So I think, he, I think he's doing fine in that department. But I, he will get he will get a lot of money. I'm thinking uh, twenty million a year, and they might have to uh, they might have to uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for uh, soften their stance on guaranteed money in order to keep him because he's a hey let's face it it's all about timing. I'm not saying he's Joe Green or Rod Woodson or, or whatever, but you know he's he's their most dominant defensive player in a long time, and he. he came along at the right time so excuse me if they want to keep him if they, if they want to keep him happy they're probably gonna have to break the break the bank and probably go uh do some things out of character in order to make tj watt uh, a, a lifer a lifelong stealer so and here's one from mark tobin it's a question should the Steelers go linebacker and then running back and just pass on tackle and go with banner and shooks well um I think I don't. I, I think um, they're definitely going to try to. Uh, I think they're definitely interested in in um, in going getting younger along the line, like just overall. Uh, they have Banner, they have Shooks, and I think they want to give those guys the chance to start to tackle. They signed Joe Haig, the veteran. I forgot about him. Uh, he played with the Bucks last year. He's uh, kind of like Matt Filer around the same age. Uh, he can play tackle. He can play guard. So uh, he's a nice insurance policy. He's at 38 career starts. Uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. It, you know, I want Banner and, and Shooks to um, to succeed, but I really don't care who succeeds as long as somebody does. So it wouldn't surprise me if, 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 if he wins a starting job, but even if he doesn't, he's quality, he's quality depth and, and he's versatile. So I, I do think they want to go younger. But you're asking, do I think sh they should bypass the uh, tack? No, I don't think they should buy it. I don't think. I think it's all on the table. I think if you're if you're sitting there at 24, and there's a lot of tackles out there that that are that are graded out that are grading out in the first round, and if you can get one, when was the last time they drafted a tackle in the first round? I don't. I mean, they drafted some linemen, the Castro, Pouncey, but like an actual tackle, I don't know. I I, I can't even uh, think of one. So. If they can, um, if they if they feel like they have somebody who who 
could be the guy for the next five, 10 years. And then, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to it. You know, it, it just can't be a reach. You know, I'm really, I really don't have a, a major preference as far as what position they go with. As long as it's not a reach, and as long as it makes sense, and as long as it addresses a, a need. So no, I, I don't, I, I, I wouldn't be opposed at all. You know, I think when people hear tackle, guard, center, I think they, they, they get, some people, not everybody, some people get disappointed because, you know, it's not, it's not sexy, it's not exciting, but, but you get yourself a, a, a perennial, a perennial all pro at one of those positions and Sundays are sure exciting. I know that. And here's one from Ryan O'Toole. He said, wide receivers can be known as divas. So why are we surprised when we get an AB or a dancing juju or a brawling Claypool? Well, see, you know, AB, you know, that's just a, he, he just had issues and clearly they were much worse than we thought. But the stuff with Juju, I mean, is that is that really a diva thing? I mean, Billy White Shoes Johnson used to do that kind of stuff. You know, he would celebrate every week, and people thought it was funny back then. Now it's like, oh my god, we got to get rid of him. You know, people were saying, <laughs> uh, I there was some news uh, that came out today. I think Jeff wrote an article about it, but I, I saw it on Twitter. Like a part of the reason why people uh, shied away from Juju and free agency wasn't because of his brand furthering efforts. It was because he met ahead of well, he, a lot of people thought he was a number two, which you know that's fair. But still, they're they're valuable commodities. But but maybe more importantly, a lot of uh, he's been dealing with a knee issue, perhaps the last couple of years, and maybe that uh, was the reason why people shied away from. Him, which makes a lot more sense than oh my gosh, he's on Twitter too much. Oh my gosh, he's dancing. Oh my gosh, he plays video games. I think it makes more much more sense that people were shying away from him for those other two things. And because of the social media stuff, because, you know, I see a lot of people commenting on here. Oh my gosh. Uh, he's got to focus on football and not, and not um, uh, social media. Well, you guys are on here all the time and I, and I appreciate it and I love it. You guys are awesome, but it doesn't detract from your jobs. No, probably not. I hope not. Otherwise you probably uh, seek help, especially if it's to watch my show. So, you know, I think people put too much stock in that stuff and they think that, you know, these guys aren't, aren't dedicated to their craft when they, when they are, I mean, you don't get to that level unless you're dedicated to being uh, a professional football player. Even, even the, the guys that you barely even know or hear about, I mean, they're, they have to be extremely dedicated to, to land a spot on a 53 man roster. So, you know, um, as far as Claypool, I don't know if, I mean, you know, when a, when a linebacker gets into a fight, you know, Joey Porter got into those kind of fights all the time. The people call him a diva. No, he's called him a, some people call him a jerk. Uh, so I just think that, that when, you know, a receiver being a diva, it's, are they any more prone to acting like that than anybody else? I mean, Jeff Reed did stuff like that. Was he a diva? I, I don't know. Is that, or is he just a, an idiot who drank too much when he was younger? I don't know. And here's one from Yule Skinner, and he he's convinced that GMs were turned off with Juju's on-field dancing. I don't think so, Yule. I mean, unless you unless you have a, unless you can quote somebody a direct GM saying that directly from a GM saying that, then I I don't think that really had much to do with it. I I, I think people are going to overlook that kind. Of, are they going to overlook uh, domestic violence, even bar fights now, or, or or you know some guy driving 100 miles an hour down McKnight Road? Probably not, like they used to. But dancing on logos, I mean, that's just, these guys are all, it's like I said earlier, you know, these guys talk so much stuff, stuff during a game. 
Listen to the, listen to this, the things they say to each other during a game. And you mean to tell me that 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 doesn't motivate them, but pre-game stuff does or or post-game stuff motivates them more? I don't think so. I just think that's that's all overblown. Um and Mule Skitter says he knows one GM personally. Is it is it a real GM or is it like is it like uh, George Costanza, like the 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 secretary to the traveling uh whatever the the assistant to the traveling secretary? But that's but that's cool if you know a, G, a GM. You don't have to you don't have to reveal who it is. And here's one from uh, John C. And he says, and I think rightly so, these days bar fights aren't cool. They're not. People aren't going to look at them like they used to. You know, I mean, it's. I remember reading a book uh, from Jim O'Brien, who's written a lot of Steeler books, a lot of books about Pittsburgh sports in general. And he he wrote this chapter about how Jack Lambert showed up to training camp or practice or, or whatever one day with uh, a, um, a Band-Aid on his head, presumably from a bar fight. Somebody broke a bottle over his head. And when did we find out about it? 30-some years later. Whereas anything that happens today, you find out about it right away. Or in Claypool's case, I, I guess somebody was looking to get paid from TMZ. You find out, out about it 11, 11 days later. So, yeah, bar fights aren't cool. I don't think they're ever cool. Like, I, I never got the I, I never got the the point of two people fighting and, and uh, you know, okay, you beat me in a fight, but you're still a jerk. And... I'm just going to call the police now and you're a jerk who's going to be in jail. Yeah. You, you, you gave me a black eye, but uh, what is it going to, is it worth a uh, permanent record? I don't think so. So, you know, I never really thought bar fights or any kind of fights were cool. I don't really, you know, if I'm in a ring and, and there's some prize money involved or a belt, then maybe fights are cool. Then otherwise I'm just going to call the police. That's how I feel about it. Here's one from Donald Nolan, a question. He says, Tony, do you think, all the trades in first round will affect Steelers pick. Uh, yeah, because I think a lot of these trades were geared towards fine, you know, towards drafting quarterbacks for these teams. And, you know, it's like I say every year, people always worry about the uh, future quarterback classes uh, being weaker than the current one. You know, it's, it's, I swear you hear that every year when you, uh, on Friday, you saw the, um, the 49ers trade up to number third pick. I think they traded with the dolphins. I want to say the dolphins traded back to 12. And then they traded back up to, to number six with the, uh, the Eagles. So presumably the 49ers traded up for a quarterback. So you're looking at Trevor Lawrence is gone. We all know that. Uh, Zach Wilson is gone probably to the Jets. Uh, so, you know, goodbye to Sam Darnold, I guess. And then uh, the 49ers, I don't know who they like. Um, uh, Trey Lance. Um, um, I, always forget, I always forget one of those quarterbacks. Anyway, the, the 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 one from Ohio State, the kid from Ohio State, and then um, the one from Alabama, Mac Jones, Mac Jones. Um, so, you know, four of those guys are probably going to be gone. So that's gonna that's gonna push some other positions, some other players, back to the uh, uh, further down the line in the first round, and maybe you know that affects how the, the Steelers pick. Maybe. Um, Justin Fields, Justin Fields. Okay. Ohio state. Anyway. So maybe Pittsburgh gets a chance at a player that maybe a wouldn't have otherwise, because there's so much value placed on a quarterback position, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, we see it every year and, 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 and guys get drafted maybe where they shouldn't be drafted 
Carson Wentz might be a good example. Jared Goff might be another example. I think if, 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 if you looked at all the big boards in 2016, Carson Wentz and Jared Goff were not one and two. Jalen Ramsey was at the top of the draft board the entire spring. And now you look, those guys are both uh, playing for different teams. Mitchell Trubisky, North Carolina, a few years ago, he shot up the draft board. I don't think he, he was a top 15, 20 uh, prospect for the longest time. Next, you know, he's the second guy picked in the draft. Now he's in Buffalo as, as Josh Allen's backup. And people said that's a perfect role for him. Uh, four years after he was selected number two overall. So, you know, uh, there's a lot. There's a huge uh, premium placed on quarterbacks, and oftentimes those guys get drafted higher than they should, and it pushes other players back. So maybe Pittsburgh will get a a better value at 24. We don't know. Look at the, look at the year that David DeCastro fell to them at 24. Nobody saw that coming. Um, I, I think we we can all agree that TJ Watt was a value pick. Cam Hayward Hayward was a value pick. So you just never know. Uh, so I, I think I think as far as the Steelers needs, I think that that can only help. It can only help uh, push another running. Maybe Najee Harris falls to them now. Etienne, um, one of the, maybe one of the more premium tackles falls to them. Zach Call or uh, uh, Micah Parsons, the Penn State linebacker. Uh, he he had a great pro day the other day. Maybe he falls to them. He's a, he seems to be a pretty good prospect. Um, of course, uh, Collins. So you never know. What else we have here? And here's one from, did I miss it? I think I skipped over a question. Somebody was asking me and I, I must have, uh, I must have missed it. Here's one from Mule, Mule Skinner. He says Trey Lance is dropping. Last time I saw Trey Lance was now going in the top five. I, I don't think Trey Lance is making it out of the top 10. I, again, once, once, once the, the the you know unless something weird comes comes uh comes out about any of these guys, I think they're all they're all going to be gone. All like at least four of those five quarterbacks are going to be gone by the top ten. And I think the Bears still need a quarterback, right? They, yeah, their quarterback situation is a joke right now. So I wouldn't be surprised if Mac Jones was gone well before twenty. So yeah. By the way, you can tell I've been I've been paying attention more now. Uh, I, I told you I would I would start paying attention the, around the uh, middle of March, and I've been I've been brushing up now. I think by the time uh, the actual draft rolls around, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be an expert like I am every year. So here's one from Cree X, and if I'm saying your name wrong, I'm sorry. And and they say uh, Tony Creed Humphrey and Harris are there at 24. Which one do you take? That is an excellent question. If you would ask me this. A couple hours ago when I was doing those simulated uh, drafts, I would have said uh, Humphrey because I think you can, you can get a, a running back in the second round. I, I've, I've been saying that. But now that, you know, I, I, from what I understand from listening to the uh, Paul Slice show and an expert that they had on, he's had some knee issues and he might not be ready for the beginning of the year. So I don't know. But if it's if there's another center that's um, maybe projected to go at the end of the first round, early second, and it's between him and Harris. I might take the center because I think I put it this way. I think you can, uh, you could probably, there's a better chance of you finding a great running back in a second and third round, a productive running back than there is 
of finding a, a center, the further, you, like the, the the lower you go in the draft. Any lineman, really. I think I think you you know uh, at least somebody that can start right away. I think you know if, if your if your line is right, if your if 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 your line is is uh, healthy and, and and clicking on all cylinders, you can you can get away with a a you know we've seen it. You can get away with a, a, a maybe a less talented running back. But uh, if you don't have that line, if your line is in tatters, if your line is a question mark, I don't you know uh, Art Second was talking about running and not finishing last and. I don't care if it's running or passing or whatever. If your line is, in, is is not up to snuff, good luck trying to be have a productive offense. I don't care uh, what you're trying to do, running or passing. You're probably going to be in trouble if your line is not uh, uh, a good one. Here's one from John C. And 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 this is uh, one of our regulars. He's talking about Felicia Ballard. And he says, I want to listen to Felicia's radio show. Do you have a radio show, Felicia? If you do. Man, that'd be great. If, uh, let us know what it is, and we'll all tune in. I know I will. All right. And here's one from Keaton Burson about James Pierre, the uh, undrafted free agent cornerback signed last year, who I talked about earlier in the show. And he says, check out film of corner Pierre, number 42 undrafted rookie who, who got time outside. Uh, I guess more than Lane and Sutton looks great. Yeah, I know a lot of people. I know Jeffrey Benedict. Our own Jeffrey Benedict really likes him. A lot of people have been talking him up. So he has a physical uh, specimen. I know that he's what six two. So I mean, you know, maybe he was just um, he went undrafted because of the because of the, the college competition. You know, it, 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 I don't know. So, but I think you know he's in their plans for sure. I, I'm almost positive he's in their plans. So between him and Lane, maybe they find their uh, number two uh, corner this year, and maybe. Their future number one corner. You never know how these things uh, go. So we are 52 minutes in. I've uh, I've talked a lot. And I think I will call it a night. I thank you all for the questions and for the lively debate. I really had fun tonight. Really had fun uh, talking about the free agency, the draft. You guys forced me to do homework, which is good. I need to do homework. I need to get up to speed on this stuff because I know I have to come on here and talk about it. I don't want to just talk about that time I went to the game in 1984, even though it'd be more fun. I'm not going to lie. I love, I love memories, but that's what the retro show is for. So please check, check that out every Monday. I think it comes on. Check out all of our shows. Once again, check out Behind the Still Curtain. Check out our family of podcasts. Uh, uh, we appreciate you guys. So on that note, I will see you guys on Monday on The Hangover. Until then, have a great weekend. And as always, go Steelers. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... 
To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.